Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. So we've taken this series from Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Love Languages, and uh, we've already covered the first four of those love languages. We have done words of affirmation. We've done physical touch, receiving of gifts, and last Sunday we did quality time. So today we're going to wrap up this series with acts of service. So we're looking at acts of service, and you know a lot of times people think acts of service means that, well, I almost am being um, obligated or committed to do something because my spouse wants it or my children want it. But doing acts of service have nothing to do with commitment. It has everything to do with love mm-hmm. and your desire to want to please somebody. You know, it sounds a little bit like giving something that they don't deserve. <laughs> and what is, what is that word? Come on, you guys can talk to me. Come on, grace. It's grace. So an act of service is like grace. It's what God gives to us because we don't deserve it. But if our love language is acts of service and God is giving us those acts of service, that's grace. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So here, here's some ideas of, of, of what you can do. And I'm going to speak in general terms, but if you're married, think of your spouse. If you're not married, think of your children or, or maybe your mother or uh, someone that you're very close mm-hmm. to that you, that you know enjoys acts of service as their primary love language. You can cook them a meal, their favorite meal. You can wash the dishes. God knows that's a blessing, especially if somebody's been in the kitchen cooking. You can take out the garbage. Mow the lawn. If you have babies, change the baby's diapers. Isn't that right, Justin? Justin's a great dad. He does all of that, right? Paint the bedroom. I know, you know, you hear women say, well, I wanted him to paint the bedroom, and I I just keep asking him, and he won't do it. Well, maybe it's because you're not doing something that fills his love tank, and he's not hearing your language. Mm. And see, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to help you to understand. And a lot of times what we do as women, especially as women, because I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, is we nag the crap out of them. Well, I really wish, you know, (laughs) you you haven't painted the bedroom yet. A week later, well, will you paint the bedroom? And then a little late, go, well, you know, I sure wish I'd get that bedroom painted. <laughs> well, now he, he's not going to do it <laughs> because he feels like you're nagging him. Yeah, we're going to paint a different room. And here's the issue, guys. <laughs> he doesn't understand your love language, and you probably don't understand his. That's right. You know, nothing speaks louder when someone shares the love language of acts of service than action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you, you know, if, if, if you're a gift person and you're giving gifts and they're a, a, an acts of service person, you giving them those gifts is not going to get them motivated. Right. Yeah. It's not going to excite them Mm-mm. because that's not their love language. They might say, oh, thank you, and you're wondering why they're not appreciative, but it's because that's not their love language. They would rather you go do something that is going to show them that you love them, right. like, um, um, you know, wash the dishes or fold their clothes or something like that, mm-hmm. right? See, Jews, Jesus, he gave us 
the most profound illustration Correct. of love, of an act of service. What did he do, saints? Y'all know what he did, right? He washed, washed the feet of his disciples. That's right. In a culture where people walked around in sandals mm -hmm. on dirt roads with uh, donkey doo and dog doo and everything else out there, All right? All the doos. All the doos. <laughs> See, normally that was the job of the household servant. Correct. Jesus took the place of the household servant. He committed the most ultimate act of service Correct. by washing their dirty, stinky feet. feet. See, when we trans... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Out of the mouth of babe. <laughs> so when we translate this, that's funny, into a marriage, it means that we will do acts of service. That means that we take on the role of the servant Correct. to express love to our spouses. Now, if you're not sure that this is truly your spouse's love language, you might think, Maybe if you're doing things that he's taking advantage of you, and that might be because it's not his love language mm -hmm. or her love language, right? So when you are listening to your spouses and you're having conversations, you should be listening for clues. Now, we've been giving you clues all yeah. along of what the things to listen. If words of affirmation are things that they um, thrive upon, then you're going to hear in their language to you things that they want to hear mm -hmm. back. You're like, well, Dad, you didn't appreciate what I did? Well, generally, that means that's because they want to be affirmed. Right. Right. If it's physical touch, you know, they might say, well, you didn't give me a hug today. Well, probably because that's their love language, and you're not feeding that mm -hmm. love language. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you hear things like, oh, I really wish I could get my bedroom painted, that would be, that's such a beautiful color. Or... I don't really like how my flower beds look. I really would love to have some beautiful flowers painted. Now, they're not saying do it, but they're letting you know yeah. what it is that they want. Mm -hmm. What happens is we don't listen. We have two ears and one mouth, and we need to take advantage of the two ears and take less advantage of the one mouth and start listening. Yes. Because when someone says something like that to you, they are telling you what they need to fill their love tank. Or a husband who comes home and states, it sure would be nice to have a home-cooked meal. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's not saying, I need you to cook me a meal. He's expressing, though. Uh, <laughs> but he is expressing what it is that satisfies him, that fills his love tank. <laughs> All right, saints, come on now. <laughs> These are statements that indicate an act of service would be something that would please the asker. Mm -hmm. And if you're hearing it, it's probably because their love language is acts of service. Um, so what you need to do is instead of quit trying, because a lot of times what will happen is if you're doing things for your spouse and maybe it's not the acts of service, maybe they're not responding to you in the right way, and then you say, well, I'm just going to quit trying. Mm -hmm. That's not the right perspective. And that's not the right action. See, if you quit trying, then you can't really expect your love tank to get filled sure. either. Yeah. This should not be about reciprocation. This should be out of true love. 
servanthood, commitment, not obligation, mm -hmm. true love. So as we talk about acts of service, we're saying today that your primary, your primary love language is acts of service. That's what we're speaking about today. And if you haven't taken the assessment yet to figure out what your primary is, we would suggest that you do that. Uh, we've already given you clues on how to figure that out for your children and your teens. But as adults, I think you should take the assessment so you can see for yourself what your primary love language is. So today, we just focused on acts of service. Now, I want to bring it from a male's perspective, OK? Where are the fellas at? I got, some, I got some weak dogs in the house. So, um, so, so I, I caught you off guard. So I want to I make sure the alphas in the house, because that sounded like beta. So, um, so where, where are the men? Yeah. All right, all right, that's what I'm talking about. I know we got all alphas up in here, right? Alpha males, right? So uh, loving service is a gift, not a necessity. It is done freely, not out of coercion. And so I have a couple of things I'd like to share with the fellas uh, so you can understand from a male's perspective, right, giving into your brides. Acts of service means doing things you know your spouse would like you to do. <laughs> You seek to please her by serving her as a way to express your love for her by doing things for her. That's acts of service. And Elaine just uh, alluded to the fact that uh, a lot of times we will hear people say, well, when they start doing this, then I will start doing that, right? So you're waiting on them to do something, and guess what they're waiting on? For you to do something. So what do you do? Nothing. Nothing. So you just, <laughs> you just stagnant, right? But listen, did Jesus wait for the disciples to do it? Right? Jesus did not wait because he said these words that I didn't come to be, I came to serve. So in a relationship, you're there to serve, regardless if you feel like doing it or not, Right? So we call that grace. You're giving people something that you, sometimes you don't even feel like they deserve it. But did we deserve grace? No. I said, did we deserve grace? No. Did Jesus Christ deserve to die on a bloody cross for us? No, he didn't. And so as we look at relationships, we got to look at relationships through the lenses of Jesus Christ's eyes. He loved us enough to give us that grace. As a matter of fact, Salvation is a gift. That's right. He gave us a gift so that we can be given. Sometimes we fail to remember that in relationships because we're too busy hitting each other's hot buttons. Ooh. Yeah, I know this one wasn't going to go over too well, but we're going to keep on talking about it. Amen, somebody. Amen. The Bible says the three-fold cord is not easily broken, but when there's only two, then you're going at each other. Amen? When it comes to acts of service, you're not judged by the amount of time you put in or even by how hard you work. You're judged by your effectiveness, the impact that you have. In other words, um, you, you take the time to figure out if, let me, let me, let me preface this by saying this, if you know that your spouse's primary love language is acts of service, you want to take the time to figure out what can you do to serve her or him in that way. Does that make sense? So, for example, um, 
you want to make sure that there is a right way and a wrong way to express acts of service, mm -hmm. and it should never be done out of fear. Mm -hmm. It should never be done out of guilt, resentment, or manipulation. Elaine is going to get into manipulation a little bit later, right? So you're not doing these things for, to manipulate a person, right? You're saying, well, I'm going to do this because I know I'm, later on I'm going to want X, Y, Z. Right. Did anybody catch that? Yes. Uh-huh. So then you're trying to manipulate that person. You're not doing it out of love. You're doing it because you want to get something, mm -hmm. right? But, but when we talk about acts of service, you're not doing it to get anything. You're doing it because you love that person, and you want to fill their love tank, right? So we want to make sure that we understand that, right? Uh, if you were, these are comments you, you don't want to make, guys. You don't want to make these comments. If you were a good wife, you would do this for me. <laughs> um, these are stuff you don't want to say this, right? These, these are things you do not do. You do not do. Uh, you will do this or you will be sorry. That's a threat, right? Why can't you be like other wives? <laughs> no, don't, don't, no, don't, don't do that. Uh, no, that's that's not something that you want to do. Let me give you, let me give you some three keys to initiating acts of service, and here they are: drive, discipline, and dedication. Drive speaks to your motivation. What is driving you to do this? Well, again, you shouldn't be driven through coercion or manipulation. Your drive should be the fact that you want to do this because you love them. Plus, fellas. In the marriage, you actually get an opportunity to represent Christ in the marriage. She That's is right. the church. Yes. So if Christ got down to serve the disciples, shouldn't you get down to serve your wife? Yes. Right? I'm talking about Christian marriages. I'm not talking about non-Christian marriages because non-Christian marriages don't understand what Christ did. Mm -hmm. So for people who try to use Ephesians to say, well, the Bible said that you're supposed to be serving me. Well, that scripture is not for you because you're not a Christian. <laughs> the scriptures are for the Christians. Amen. So let me just clean that up, right? So you can't quote scripture and live like hell and think that that scripture applies to you. Amen. Okay, let me keep on moving. Some folks didn't like that one. <laughs> so drive speaks of your motivation. Discipline refers to scheduling and prioritizing ne necessary to accomplish acts of service. So you, your discipline says, you know what? I know I've been busy today, but I consciously I want to think about what can I do for my bride today? You got to have the discipline for that. And then dedication means you finish what you started. Right? How many of you, uh, let me just say this. So we got to go way back. So a lot of times when you date, you do things for one another when you date, but then as soon as the I do comes, some things change. How many will you agree with me by a show of hands that some things change after you got married? Right? All right, you're being honest. That's great. Mm -hmm. Because they do change. <laughs> that is a fact, right? But a lot of times when you're dating, isn't it one thing you always think about is, what can I do for them? What happens when you get married, man? Right, it's like everything changes, <laughs> right? And we got to go back because, to, to, in essence, what we like to say is you really don't date to get married, you get married to date. So you start dating after you get married, because we date, we date, well, we, we date, we date. Notice I say we date 
So it's like a threefold dating in my house, right? So, so we, we continue to go out on dates and have a wonderful time. And so you still have to do that in your relationships. Let me give you this one last slide here. The right thing done with the wrong attitude can actually cause more harm than good, right? And, and fellas, let me, let me tell you something. Women are so intuitive. Just know that they already know. If they say it, they already know, guys, and we're just still trying to figure it out, and they're like five steps ahead of us. Just know that they already communicate on different levels. I think they have ESP. <laughs> you know, they, they just, I mean, because you can be five women in a house and one man. All of them got eight different conversations going on. They all know what each other are saying, and you're sitting there with this glass look <laughs> in your eye like, what the, I'm going in another room. Right? Because that's, women know how to communicate. So they're very perceptive on things. They will know if you're doing it with the right intentions or not. And then most of them will actually tell you <laughs> that you're not giving it in the right heart. And then we get mad and say, well, I ain't giving you nothing then. That's usually what a man does because, you know, usually a man gets angry, but actually you're hurt. We just don't want to say, well, baby, you hurt me. No, we get angry, don't we, fellas, y'all? Come on now. Ain't nobody going to be honest with me. Okay. I'm by myself. Let me give you five ways to speak acts of service, and then Elaine is going to talk about the women, the women here. Uh, first way, think of doing something she would never expect, right? A lot of times we would say, well, you know, I've never done that before. Well, maybe you should. And sometimes like we use... Like cooking? Uh, well, yeah. now... Let me say something. I do not cook. When my wife met me, I told her straight up, one thing, I'll do everything. I do not cook. Did I tell you that? That's why I had to marry a woman that knew how to cook. Now, I don't like it. It would be different if, you know, I can get in the kitchen. I just don't. I like to eat. I don't like to cook. But I was, uh, now, but I'll take her somewhere <laughs> who will cook, right? So, but we knew this right out the gate. I didn't start off cooking for my wife, dating. No, he didn't. And then all of a sudden we got married. And I, you know, I ain't cooking anymore, right? Yeah. But she knew that from, but, but if, guys, if you, if you enjoy cooking, you know, and you can do that. I love guys who, who know how to cook, man. That's awesome. I think it's incredible that you like going in the kitchen and doing that kind of stuff. I'll come eat your food, but I'm not going to be in there trying to cook with you. Amen? <laughs> so, but doing something that she would never expect, man, would be a wonderful act of service for your wife whose primary gift is act of service. Amen? Bringing her a gift is not going to motivate her, yeah. right? But if acts of service is her primary love language, that boy, that boy, you're going to chalk up some points, and then, then you probably have a good night later. So <laughs> number two, think of your wife's most frequent complaint and go out of your way to make sure she doesn't complain about it anymore, oh. like the painting of the, of the bedroom. <laughs> now, my wife complained about me cleaning our garage mm. before we moved. <laughs> every day. Every day. That's ghetto e for every Kate day. Even complained. Daddy, you need to do something about this garage. And guys, let me tell you something. I would look at that garage, and me and that garage, we weren't hitting on all cylinders, and we just couldn't get it together. Amen? And so I waited for us to move to a brand new house, and now the garage is clean. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be patient. Now I'm just playing. I should have went in there and cleaned that garage out. Because that garage was a mess. I ain't lying. It really was. I couldn't have find anything, but praise the Lord that my wife has patience. Perform a covert act of service without saying anything. Do something for her and don't even say anything. I like doing stuff like that. I'll just do it, right? And then, because I know one of her, it's not her primary, but acts of service is high on Elaine's list. So uh, some of the things that I, that I do, I do it because I know this is filling up her love tank. I will clean a bathroom from top to bottom. If my wife is cooking, my wife don't have to touch a dish. I will, I will clean the kitchen from top to bottom, right? Because I know she can cook for me. She knows I don't cook. But, boy, I tear that kitchen up. She can sit down. She can relax. And I got the kitchen. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. So I try to make up on the other side. Amen, somebody. But I don't sit back and eat and then wait for her to wash all the dishes and then, then complain. All right, okay, let me, that sounds good, all right. Uh, number four, detail her car. And you might say, I don't like washing the car. Man, that's auto bill right up the street. You don't even have to touch it. You just look at it. Hit that right there. That's not good. Wipe that. But give them a tip. Don't just complain and don't tip those guys. It's hot out there, amen? So you can do little things like that. And, and I, I don't like my wife driving in a dirty car. I try to keep her car clean as best as I can because I like riding in a clean car. How many of you just like being in a clean car? Don't, don't it seem like, let me, okay, don't it seem like <laughs> that when your car is clean, it drives better. It drives differently, don't it? You have a different attitude. You know, I don't know. It might just be, we all might just be dysfunctional, but okay, let me move on. <laughs> These are just some examples. Have a hot bubble bath with candles drawn when you know she's had a rough day. Amen. Now, for my bride, my bride, she, she, the only reason we have a shower is because I use it. She's a bath person. Every night she's going to take a bath. So I try to make sure that I draw her water every night with bubbles so she don't have to worry about it. Why? Because acts of service is way up on her list, right? Sometimes I miss it. But I try to never, when I miss it, I go, I'm going to miss going in there to get that done, right? Because I know this is way up on her list. So those were just five small examples, guys. I'm sure with your, your women, you can think of other ways. If you know that that's her primary, you can think of other ways uh, that you can meet her love tank through acts of service. So that was from the male perspective, and Lane is going to give it from the women. So... You know, the Bible does speak about being submitted. And it says women, right? We should be submitted to our husbands. Some people take that really out of context. You know, they Correct. take that, well, you, you supposed to do this for me. Yeah. But, you know, they forget the other part. They don't read the rest. Yeah, the rest of it's, the story. You know, it's, you know, we will make up stories that make it <laughs> good for us. <laughs> And then we leave the other part off. Well, the other part is that men are also supposed to be submitted to their wives as they are submitted to, to Christ. Christ. So he said something earlier, and that was, this is for Christian marriages. Now, if, you're not, if you don't profess to be a Christian, then maybe this doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. 
But if you profess to be a Christian, then you have to understand that if you're not following Christ, men. Men. Why do you think your wife needs to follow you? And the reason being is you don't even understand, fellas, how to be submitted to someone that's greater than you. Therefore, you take advantage of someone who's submitted to you. So the true purpose of doing things for your man, women, is not because you have to, but because you want to. Yes, yes. And see, that is the true understanding of being Christ-like and having that servant's attitude because you're doing it truly out of love. Yes. Not out of coercion, not out of uh, obligation, right. not out of, not even dedication or, because, guilt. or guilt, but because you love that person and you want to see that person happy and satisfied. Something that Dr. Chapman said, and it said, loving service is not slavery. Slavery is imposed from the outside and is done with reluctance. Mm -hmm. Loving service is an internally motivated desire to give one's energy to mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Loving service is a gift, not a necessity, and it's done freely, not under coercion. So as long as we understand that, and no one takes this whole idea of acts of service out of context, right. then you can understand how to go about it. And then, and then the other person can also understand how to appreciate it. So here are some ideas to consider if your spouse's love language is acts of service. Okay, so I'm talking to the ladies. Ladies? Are the ladies in the house? So here's some things you can do. And you know what? I haven't done all these myself, so I need to start thinking about some of this. Yes. Warm up a towel. <laughs> Warm up a towel and meet him as he exits the shower. Now, that's only if his primary love language is acts of service. Now, I'm, I'm just saying you can do this if you want to, but if his, his, if his primary love language is acts of service, he really will appreciate this. Look, if you did that for any man in this room, <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that brother's going to like it, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to go there. Make him breakfast in bed. Yeah. <laughs> now, in my, <laughs> in my household, my husband does the laundry. And so every now and then, he, you know, might forget and leave it in the dryer. And so what I'll do is I'll go grab it yep. and I'll go ahead and fold it for him. Yep. Because he's the laundry person. So if I do that, that's an act of service to help him. Because yep. that's something he didn't have to do. Yep. Massage his feet, back, and shoulders sometimes. Ooh, Jesus. Long as, he, long as he washes his feet. <laughs> now, if his feet are hard and crusty, take him to the... To the beauty salon. <laughs> Look, let me tell y'all something. Can I, I'm going to interject something right here. I went to the salon. I had never gone before, I, but I, I was always curious because I felt like women were doing something in there that was covert because <laughs> they spent an awful lot of time in there, right? And I didn't like walking into them because it's like when a guy walks in, it's like, ugh, everybody's looking. Oh, that's my husband. That's my boyfriend. And then, uh, 
So I went with my wife to do both, right, Manny Petty. So we went in there, and I sat in that chair, <laughs> the massaging chair. That girl hit my feet. I had to ask that girl her name. I said, girl, you better tell me your name. You can't be to my wife sitting right here. Man, it was amazing. I'm telling you, it was amazing. Had the game on. It was good. Fellas, go. You'll have a wonderful time. I mean, I'm, I'm good at clipping my nails and stuff like that. We had to be that way in the Marines. But, you know, go. You'll have a wonderful time in there. Then you can see what they're talking about, too. I'm sorry. I had to interject her. That's okay. <laughs> and, you know, just like we have honey-do lists, your husband or your boyfriend, he has a honey-do list, too. So pick something off that honey-do list and complete it for him. Do one of the things he least likes to do. Everybody has a chore they hate, Yeah. right? So find something that you, you know he doesn't like to do and do it for him. Now, these are just ideas, ladies. I'm not saying you got to do all of this, all right? I see some of these. I see some faces. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like, Y'all ain't looking really? right in the face. What's going on? I got to do all that? <laughs> not, not really. Clear his dishes for him after dinner. And I'll tell you a cute little story. You know, I, I actually pick up John's plate after dinner, and it's not something he asked me to do. It's not something he told me he wanted me to do. It's just something that I do. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, it was a while back early on in our marriage, and somebody said, you clear his plate? He makes you do that? And I'm like, no, he does not make me do that. It's something that I do because I love him and I enjoy serving him. So you know what? If your husband's active, if, you know, is into acts of service, that's a small thing just to pick his plate up off the table and take it to the sink, especially when he washes the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Plan a date night. We always sit back and think the man has to do that. We can plan a date night right. that incorporates something that he likes to do, not something you like to do, something he likes to do. So if your man is a sports nut, plan a date night and do something focused around the sport. Yeah. If, he, if he's a, a, a museum nut, plan a date night that focuses around the museum. But do something that shows yeah. him that you are thinking about him and what he enjoys, right? Prepare his favorite dinner. Mm. That's Good how I got God. my husband to propose to me. Boy. She is not lying. Uh-uh. I know he loves spaghetti. Boy, I made him a spaghetti meal, and I'm married today. Hallelujah. I ain't lying. I ate that spaghetti. I got a quickening. Woo! <laughs> and then lastly, date your husband. Now, ladies, there's a lot of things I can say. We have children in here, but date your husband. So you know what? Date your husband. Y'all got it? Date your husband. With a wink and a nod, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're not married and you're dating a man whose language is acts of, and you know that his language is acts of service, then you need to be prepared to do some of these things. Everything that you can do as an unmarried person. Did y'all hear that? Single people? Y'all know how we preach it, right? All right, so y'all know. And I will warn you. If you have friends, girlfriends especially, why are you doing that? Don't listen to them. That's right. Don't listen. See, because uh, they're looking. What did you say, Esther? Yeah. 
Uh uh, the girlfriend will be with him. <laughs> That's why she's telling you, don't do that. <laughs> right? We're, we're just too real. I'm sorry. No, but the, the thing is that, see, if, if, if you're pleasing him and it's not hurting you, then what's the problem? Right. And if, you know, you don't want to allow anybody else to dictate to you what you should and should not be doing. Because then you are focusing your relationship about what someone else thinks, not about what is working for you. So I'm saying, ladies, if you're in a situation where you're dating, it's okay to do things, especially if that's their love language. Like I said, within the confines of dating, not within the confines of marriage. But don't listen to your girlfriends, because like Esther said, you lose your man, and as he said, she might be with him. Acts of service is the most Christ-like love language yet. Yeah. Why? Because Christ died for us. Yeah. That, that was an act of service. You have to have a humble servant's heart to serve unconditionally. Serving with an attitude of Christ-likeness out of love for your spouse is fulfilling for the one serving and the one being served. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so again... Uh, we're just giving you guys examples. If you read these books, it, it'll take you a whole lot deeper than what we can do on a Sunday morning. So we're just really trying to give you guys a high-level overview and to try to motivate you into doing some of these things because Elaine and I don't have a good marriage. We've got a great marriage. And the reason our marriage is great is because we made a decision to make it great. We don't just read these books just to read them to tell you that we read books. We read these books so that we can understand how to fill each other's love tanks. So therefore you see we have a great marriage, and we're not faking in front of you. Before, any, before we even started a church, we had a good marriage, right? And I would suggest that if anybody, before they even start a church, you better make sure your marriage is tight, right? Because sometimes church can get in the way of that if you don't understand it, amen? Mm -hmm. So we, we talked about the male perspective. We talked about the female perspective. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, children, um, being fluent in acts of service for children. So, whether you know it or not, parenting is a service-oriented vocation, right? And the day you found out that you would have a child, you enrolled in full-time service for a minimum of 18 years. Full-time service. Full-time service. And then you go into active reserve <laughs> for 30 more years. Yeah. I was going to say we know. <laughs> 10 more, but that has been extended. In our case. Yeah, because, you know, as parents, we found out that they do come back, guys. <laughs> you can kick them out, but sometimes they come back, right? And so you still have a responsibility to your children. Your children are not your call. Your children are your responsibility. Amen? It doesn't matter how old they get, you are still responsible for them. As parents, it is important that we keep ourselves spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Because if we keep ourselves, then we will model for them how they are to keep themselves, right? That's in every aspect of life. If you have to go to church, then you can't expect your children to go. Man, that's not to say they won't grow up and, and, and you know, become saved and, and start their own idea of, what salvation means to them. But if you want them to grow up in the admonition of Christ, 
they're going to model what they see after you. Mm-hmm. One of the issues we see with this, guys, we have too many parents trying to be their children's friends. No, you are their parent. You, you, you provide boundaries. When Caitlin was growing up, Caitlin didn't have a choice. She was coming to church. She, couldn't, she wasn't going to stay at home. Right? Why? Because we're the parents. Plus, we wanted to model for her what it means to be consistent. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, so we, she knew it. She had to come with us. Uh, we put boundaries around her. There were certain things she could and could not do. Um, and you have to do that, guys. Yeah, they'll get a little upset with you at times. But you're the parent. <laughs> Amen. And when they say, well, you know, you're not my friend. Yeah, I'm not your friend. Make sure you know that. Write it down. Put it on chalkboard 100 times. Right? Because <laughs> right? I am not your friend. I'm your daddy. I'm your mother. Right? I'm not your friend. And so you've got to make sure you know that, guys, because these, these kids today, they go to school, and they're talking with their peers who do everything they want to do in their household, talk back to their mothers, but then they come into you, and you sitting there, and the kid is sitting there like, well, I'm going to try that too. <laughs> Don't do it. I would just I would just suggest that, you know, you I maintain house, the household, you know, and make sure because the first thing you say, what? Who have you been talking to? <laughs> Amen. Isn't that what God said to Adam? Adam, who you been talking to? Obviously, you've been talking to somebody other than me. Who told you you were naked? I never told you. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's exactly what Adam said. Well, 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 well what happened was that woman that you gave me no, nah, that's a different message. Amen. <laughs> Your primary motivation, parents, is not to please them, but our chief purpose is to do what's best for them. And doing what's best for them may not please them. Amen? Would you guys agree with that, parents? However, don't view acts of service as a way to manipulate your children. Because we can do that, too. We're the world's best at doing that, too. Well, you know, if you do this, then I'll do that. And we have to be careful not to do that because if you are a manipulator, you, you create little manipulators, and they'll, they'll bring it back on you, and then you get mad because they act just like you. Okay, so my bad. Let me keep moving. All right. Children with full love tanks are far more likely to pick up on those loving models of service than children who um, are uncertain of their parents' love. What you want, when you're committing acts of service with your, with your children, that shows you that you love them, right? So you might say, well, how does my child understand that I love them through acts of service? Ask them. Ask them. Do, do, you, do, you, do I show you that I love you? Please be ready for the answer. Because they are going to be real. <laughs> right? Yes. So make sure if you want to know, ask them. But you want to make sure that you are filling up their love tanks. Now, children, you have to do all five for sure. But there are some that are primary even for children. They need all five growing up. But some of those are, are, they need more than others. Is that making sense? Amen. Okay. Determine what age is time to transition from acts to action, i.e., making the bed for a four-year-old is an act, but requiring an eight-year-old to make their own bed is an action. Right? So what you're doing, you're modeling, but then at some point, you got to turn that over to them. 
Otherwise, they're going to expect you to do it and ain't 10 years old. 16, 17 years old. Boy, get in there and make your bed. I ain't making that bed. I ain't made this bed in 10 years. Well, you know, what about sometimes, you, you know, now your children are up, and, and we're actually going to cover some of this on the teen side, but it's time for them to go off to school. They don't even know how to wash clothes. So every time you look up, every month, they're coming home with a boatload of clothes waiting on you to do it. Right. But see, you haven't done them a service, and you're not doing them a service by doing the clothes for them. You, at some point, need to teach them how to do You know what they say? What is it? You can give a man a fish. And he'll eat for a what? A day. a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. It's the same way with your children. Mm -hmm. If you teach them, then they can be self-sufficient for a lifetime. I think a lot of times we think, especially mothers and boys, I don't know what it is about mothers and boys, but we want to do everything for them. Yeah. And then what happens is the boy grows up and he thinks the woman is supposed to do everything for him. <laughs> and that's not acts of service. That's just being downright lazy and, 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 and <laughs> dependent. Right. <laughs> right. So we have to make sure that we teach them when they get of a certain age and start showing them how to accept responsibility. Yeah. It's a great book, fellas, that I think all of you probably need to have in your, in your library. I have it. It's called Your Wife is Not Your Mama Ooh. by Bishop Wellington Boone. I think every man should read that book. It's a great resource for you. I'm sure your wife would be very happy if she saw it on your desk and knew that you were reading that because that's what's created when the mother mothers and smothers a young boy, then he grows up and want to marry somebody like his mama. And so you, you got to make sure that your wife is not there to bake you cookies and cakes all the time just because your mama did it, right? So you got to know what you're marrying, okay? I'm going to keep it moving because we're not really talking about marriage today. So three ways, <laughs> three ways to speak acts of service. I'm going to do these three, and Elaine is going to do teens and tweens, and then we're going to get into a God perspective, and then we're going to open the floor for questions and answers, okay? We know teaching it like this takes a little bit longer, guys. We understand that, so we do really appreciate your patience because we got a lot to share, but we also want to give plenty of time for questions and answers, okay? So let me give you these three, and I'm out. Begin teaching your children the importance of serving. Uh, you can do this through uh, taking them to, uh, to the shelter with you. Uh, Diane, connect with Diane. Take your children so that they can see. There's some people, they're really bad off. Some kids don't even understand um, how good they have it. The best way for a child to learn how good they have it in the United States is they go on a missions trip. They will be changed forever because they will see there are people who have nothing and still happy. Mm -hmm. And we come over here and we got everything and we still mad because somebody didn't, didn't do something right. You didn't, you didn't my get your burger right. right. And so <laughs> make sure you do stuff like that. Do community service uh, with them, uh, uh, nursing homes. Uh, church, serving in the church, they need to understand how to serve, right? Uh, number two would be uh, choose an area in which you determine to always serve your child above and beyond the normal expectations, right? And that's, that's again, this is acts of service, uh, but then you have to maintain some balance on this too because children are very smart and they will take advantage of you. So you have to maintain a level of balance here because today, 
is different than, than, than years ago when we would help them on the computer. <laughs> now they know the computer in and out. Now you're going to your kids like, and they ain't. Boy, help me with this phone. <laughs> right? It's just a different age that we live in now, but you have to maintain that balance on that. Let me give you this last one here. Um, if your child is struggling in school, make, sh make every effort uh, not to fix the problem, but to find out the symptoms, right? And what I mean by that is um, make sure that there is open communication with your children. One of the big things now that we were talking about last night is bullying, right? This is huge in schools, and it's starting now in kindergarten. Yeah, that's right. So make sure you have open lines of communication with your children. Make sure you can look beyond their eyes because they will say one thing to you but feel something completely different. So make sure you have open lines of communication. We have counselors that they can see to make sure uh, that things are, are, are going well, but also parents, make sure that every principal knows your name. You go and stand in their faces and say, hey, I'm John Lawton, that, that's mine right there, right? And I, we had to tell a principal, I said, look, you're her daddy when she's here with you. I expect you to take care of my child when she's in this school. That's my expectation. If you don't, brother, you're going to be accountable to me. Do that, parents, and if enough of us are standing in those offices, come on, man. They know they're accountable. They're accountable to you. They're keeping your children, what, four or five hours a day, six hours, eight hours a day. Is they in school that long now? Oh, I thought they was good. Said, yeah, the teachers in here say, yeah, hallelujah. They need to change that. So, <laughs> so make sure you are involved with your children, getting to know the teachers. Go to those parent-teacher conferences. Do everything you can so you can stay in their faces because they're supposed to be taking care of your children while they're there. Amen? So, you know, I know John mentioned this, but I thought it was important enough to put this back up, that parenting is a service-oriented vocation. Yeah. It's not a vacation, that's for sure. Yeah. See, when those babies are born, we immediately, they experience acts of service from us as a parent. We're changing diapers, yes. we're feeding them, we're washing clothes, we're fixing dinner, we're putting on band-aids, we're combing hair, we're ironing clothes. That's what we do for our children. So they're re constantly receiving acts of service yeah. throughout their growth spurts, right? But when they become teens, that's when we have to learn some new dialects because that's when we should not be doing everything. everything. Mm -hmm. See, up to that point, as he mentioned, children need all five love languages. That's how they're going to develop. And it's from them getting all five love languages is how they're going to then develop what is their primary, maybe their secondary. But that's how they start to develop that. Right. I also put this back up because I wanted to reiterate that it is not slavery. So parents, don't feel like you have to do everything for your kids. You don't have to do everything for that's your kids. Mm-hmm. Here are some things to consider. You know, manipulation is not love. Hit the next slide. That's it. it. Okay. If you barter with your teens by suggesting that you do something, if they do something, that's not really true acts of service. That's just bartering. Mm -hmm. It's coercing them to do something to receive a reciprocal response. So we don't want to do that. See, teens will take that 
and every time you want them to do something, then you have to you have to offer something <laughs> yeah. for them to do something. And that's then here's the case. If that's the situation, that's probably not their true love language. Mm -hmm. But you're using it and they're taking advantage of it oh, yeah. to get something from you that they probably wouldn't normally get. So this rewarding for behavior is not necessarily bad, but you do have to be careful how you do the rewarding. <coughs> and it should not always be cash. So because, you know, this has to do, if, if, if withholding something from the teen will allow them to learn, then maybe you have to do something like that instead of giving. The parents, you, you know, you need to be warned. The teens are smart today. And they can turn the tables on you, and they can end up manipulating you. A teen might say, I'll clean my room if you will let me drive the car tonight. <laughs> right? So now, what do you say? OK. No, wrong. They need to clean their room regardless. Come or on. they might say, if you love me, uh -oh. then you would let me go out with, um, you know, you know, those wrong friends. You know, like that commercial. You know the commercial where the kids come home and she says, their parents say, we saw what you were doing at your friend's house. You were dancing. And she says, but we were just having a good time. They says, but they have that internet. <laughs> and we told you we don't want you dealing with cable internet. <laughs> right. Love well, that commercial. Yeah, I love that commercial. But all I'm saying is that, <laughs> you know, they'll say, well, if you love me, you'll let me go mm -hmm. hang out with this right. person who you know is bad for them. Right. But you love them. That's why you're not letting them hang out with Correct. that person who's bad for them. See, instead, what can happen is when you allow them to manipulate you into what you think might be an act of service, it actually turns out to be detrimental for them. Right. It can be detrimental emotionally. It can be detrimental physically. It can be detrimental spiritually. So you have to be cognizant and careful when you respond. And you can tell them, look, I do love you. I love you so much that that's why I am not allowing you to Correct. do X, Y, Z. And you know what? That is an act of service, parents, because now you are giving them a service and you are providing for them something that's going to possibly save their lives. Mm -hmm. Dr. Chapman says, manipulation has nothing to do with love and everything to do with control. Reciprocal love is modeling and guiding, and he went through that, and so I don't need to take a lot of time. It's like when our children are young, we do things for them they can't do for themselves, so that means that we become a model. Yes. But then when they get older, we start, to do, we start to teach them how to do things, and that's where we become a guide. So we want to make sure that we model for them in the early stages, and then we guide them in the older stages. Correct. Yep. Guide them to be able to do for themselves. Yeah. And last but not least, we do all of this talking, yeah. and we're talking about family and everything that um, is in, you know, in sp spousal relationships and teen relationships and parenting relationships, but we always like to wrap it up so that you understand that God is in all of it. Yes. Yep. He speaks 
every one of our love languages fluently, especially acts of service. Mm -hmm. See, there are numerous scriptures and examples in the Bible that speak of God's act of service. Matthew 20, 28 says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, golly, he's telling you mm -hmm. he is here to provide acts of service for us. He gave, his, he gave himself for that. Mark 10, 45 says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Guess what? When they repeat something like that more than once, that means it's really important. Absolutely. So you have almost an identical scripture word for word in Matthew and in Mark talking about how he came to serve, not to be served. When God repeats something, that means he wants you to get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. John 13, 1, 17, 1 through 17. It's a long scripture and I'll, I'll, I'm going to read it anyway. And it says, it was just before the Passover festival when Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. See, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was going to be returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Mm -hmm. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but yes, my hands and my head as well. Peter so said, he said, wash me. all of me. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and, rightly, and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Mm -hmm. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly I say to you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So what was Jesus saying? First of all, to serve is not bad. Mm-hmm. And he's saying it doesn't matter if you're the master or if you're the servant. So he is explaining just how important servanthood is. So an act of, so God gave us the perfect example of an act of, guess what else he did? He gave his only begotten son. That's right. So, so he not only understands gifts, but that was also an act of service. He did it so we could be saved, saints. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's so many more, but the last one I have up there is this, that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Amen. That's an act of service. Praise the Lord. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. See, God understands our love languages, and he especially understands acts of service. Amen. Come on and give him a praise. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.